When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Howdy, folks. Welcome back to Viva La Cats, the Cincinnati podcast repping the 1012 Network. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and a special guest today, Nick, Steve's brother. And we cover all things Bearcats every single week, and we review games live on Twitter, X now spaces. So if you like this episode, please share us with your friends, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on all your favorite platforms. Steve, Nick, good to have you boys on. Oh, it's great to be here, you know. Heard so much about it. Followed you guys for a while. It's, uh, it's a joy to be here, fellas. My dad's been picking on me for not having anyone from my <laughs> um, immediate family on the podcast. So, Nick, you are welcome. You know, um, I'm not trying to be a nepotism thing, but, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Hey, Nepo babies <laughs> seem to be doing all right. Just ask Brian Ferrant. He seems to be doing just fine, you know. So, no no problems there. Next Nick, on the pod, just... Steve's father. <laughs> oh, uh, don't, don't don't tempt it like that. Don't, don't tempt <laughs> yeah. Nick, why don't you just tell us real quick how you got connected with UC Sports and how obviously you know me, but how you know Justin as well? Oh, sure. Well, uh, I know Justin through you, so it's easy enough for that <laughs> one. Uh, but no, I got connected um, same way you did, working for the football team. Um, did a little bit of stuff with basketball here and there, doing really minor stuff like helping set up practices, whatever you know. But like mostly doing football games, uh, traveling across the country for them. I was there. My last game for them was the uh, Cotton Bowl. So that was fun and uh, also very sad. Very sad. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, lifelong fan, really just got all the way into it. Uh, during my years, you know, went to volleyball games, some basketball, men and women's games, uh, you know, had some friends on the tennis team. So always stayed involved with Bearcats Athletics and uh, very excited for the Big 12 move. 
Perfect. Well, yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. We've all got the uh, inside connections here, uh, and that is uh, Viva La Cat. So, you know, if you want the inside scoop, uh, I guess we don't. We're all kind of Three disconnected from an hour. Formerly yeah. Yeah. Inside the building, we know formerly we know insiders. Are still there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We can text people. We won't get responses, but, uh, oh, you know, so. we could text Wid, see, what, see what's happening. Fine, but. <laughs> well, uh, we are knee deep in the middle of camp. Um Dan Horde has been giving us lots of updates. Uh, that is the inside guy to be following right now if you're not already following him. And if you don't know him, you should. Uh, don't know how else to explain that to you. It's been really interesting to watch kind of the QB battle. Um, you know, I, I think we're still pretty clear in a way that Emery is going to be that uh, starting spot. And so it'd be nice. Let's let's see how this works out. But what are you guys' first impressions? And uh, do you think that Emery's going to see success this year or do you think it might just be another stop and another you know gap fill for the bearcats uh, see you first well i don't know i i do think the, the feature on him that they posted on the social media pages was cool and it seems like he does you know just want that chance it was weird to have arizona state just not give him a chance to run the ball last year and i think that i i do think our offensive line has potential to be good but it's more likely than not that he that he will have to scramble and make plays on his own because he might be running for his life a little bit back there. <laughs> but but it has been good though to have Brady Drogas just look good right away, and um, it's just been like a real point to see that oh yeah they're featuring Drogas and oh he's been like running pretty well. He had that ninety nine yard touchdown in the scrimmage on Saturday, and uh, he's been throwing some good balls. So Nick like. I mean, it's not impossible to see them start with a veteran and then, you know, bring out the bring out the young guy. But do you think that's likely or do you think it's going to be Emery? No, I mean, so I think it's Emery all the way through unless we get the injury. Uh, however, you know, we kind of saw last year, uh, Ben Bryant led it most of the way, injured in game 10, 11, later in the season. And we see Bryant for, or not Bryant, Prater for two or three games. And uh, everybody all of a sudden got quiet about not wanting him anymore. Uh, no, I, I like him. He's, he'll be, I think he'll be all right. Wide receiver. I think Emery is the way to go. Um, but definitely going to get a lot of reps in for Jogic if he's going to be our next year guy. Um, so no, I, I like Emery. I think he's got more pocket presence than our guys last year. Uh, definitely a better ability to like read where the defense is coming if he needs to run. So I, I think it'll be good. I think we'll, I, it's hard to tell the future, but I think we'll, I think we'll like him here. Yeah. And, and I agree too. Like, I mean, Emery's got the fit that Satterfield is looking for. That's why he was, you know, handpicked to come here. But on top of that, you know, you, you see kind of the flashes that Evan Prater had. Um, Emery Jones has exhibited a lot of the same, but, you know, at the P5 level. And so bringing in a P5 experienced quarterback, um, you know, albeit with the trials and tribulations he's had, uh, I, I think it only bodes well to be, you know, to have that experience on your team and to be ready to, um, you know, go into some of these rock fights that you're going to have to deal with and have a quarterback who does have a bit more awareness uh, and who can move his legs uh, and have that throughout the season. And again, if, you know, if that's your guy, if Brady were to be your guy too, you have that option on both sides. And so having that dual threat is really nice. And I, I would hope that that is a cemented part of the uh, backfield here for the Bearcats. Um, as far as depth goes, so we've looked at, 
sort of the way that this whole roster has shaked out through transfer portal, off season, new recruits, everything, um, you know, we've got a good idea of what we're looking at. Does the lack of depth concern you for this season? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Well, that's tough because we did lose. We lost Bryant to the transfer and we lost Prater to becoming wide receiver. He threw out his arm. All around. Right. About, like, oh, yeah. No, but so let's just start with the quarterbacks since we were there. I think having two main guys, I mean, I'm sure we have two more that we don't really talk about a lot. Is a little concerning. I mean, we lost a lot of good guys these last two years. It's gonna to be tough. Um, I mean, especially in the transfer portal. But I think that's a game six kind of issue. I think we'll be all right until then, at least. But um. yeah, uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, Justin, like you know, we we just did our over under pod. Check that out, by the way, people. If you yeah. haven't listened to it, that was about two and a half hours of Hummer and Coomer <laughs> making jokes and making us laugh. So uh, pretty much, no, it was a great time. Really enjoyed it. Uh, some good insight in there. Um, he hates the offense more than I do. Um, and obviously, we have the SB Plus numbers that we're going to go over uh, for the Bearcats. Um, they are not a pretty. But I do think that if defense is going to be the strength of this team, that there's like it's just going to happen that we might lose a couple guys. And how are we going to be able to respond to that? And that's my only concern, really. And obviously, there's concerns with if the running game doesn't work, if the O line doesn't gel, and if Emory is not. Like if, if he is what they said he is, and if he doesn't really like transcend expectations. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, Nick, I took the over, Justin took the over as well. Um, yeah, you were talking pre-show. You said you would be, you would, if you were a betting man, you would take like a six and six record, right? Yeah. Yeah. That seems yeah. realistic. Yeah. And I, I think it is realistic, especially with Iowa state falling off and then like the back half of our schedule, those last three games, that could feature two coaches who have fired, who have been fired, two teams who have fired their head coaches, and a Kansas team who might might be worn down. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Justin, what do you think about the depth? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think there's, I don't know, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not too concerned. I think that that's going to shake out, you know, pretty okay throughout the season. Um, but yeah, as far as offense we have so many question marks on the starting line and it's not necessarily of are these guys good or not? It's how will they all mesh together and how will they gel? And is that chemistry there and how much can they develop throughout the off season? And so with those question marks there, uh, it's hard to even know exactly what we have coming out the gate, much less what's behind them at the two and the three, um, you know, and some of those names are familiar, but for the most part, offensively, most of them aren't. So, um, you know, I think we're going to do a lot of learning week one, week two, week three, those non-conference games. Uh, it's just going to be homework for, for us guys um, who are keeping track of that. As far as uh, you know, the SP plus numbers that you mentioned, Steve, why don't you go ahead and give us those? Uh, Cause I think that is an interesting way to kind of level this out and see where we are amongst the crowd. So the numbers are kind of spot on with what we were all thinking uh, overall and 53 for the Bearcats and, Justin, uh, I also put down our opponents, and I want you to pick out the uh, a couple of them. You don't have to do them all, but pick out a couple that are interesting to you. Um, but overall, 53. Offense, 75, um, which is about what we were at the end of the season last year. So unless, uh, you know, uh, it, it is kind of interesting to see what's going to happen because maybe Coomer is right that the offense will not be better than it was last year. Um, defense, 23. I think that's a credit to how many guys are back. 
and how many studs we have right now on that defensive side. And if we can just cover up a couple things, get get some guys along, uh, I think we can be that can be the rock of this team this year. Projected wins six point two, and it just depends on obviously depth of other teams. But I think that number has really swung a lot with Iowa State losing their starting QB and running back for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, in my mind, the one that sticks out the most to me would probably be Pitt. I, I'm surprised that they're as high as they are, personally. Um, and, and I know, you know, Pitt is a good team. They're, they're quality. It's it's never going to be a uh, bad win or a uh, bad loss to a team like that. But um, ultimately, I think that non-conference game really shows the weight that it carries, too. Um, and the importance of being able to beat a team like that. Um, aside from that, <clears throat> honestly, I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, Miami might also be quite surprising to me. You know, you'd have, of course, expect with the Mac that they're going to be farther down the, uh, you know, trail. But I don't know. One on one is just like <laughs> that. Just proves that that game will do literally nothing for you, like nothing at all. And, and so you win that great. Uh, if you lose that, I we're not even going to get into that. I'm not even going to put that out into the ether. Like, that's just, no. Nick, what about yeah, you? No. What's one number that looks interesting there? You know, I'm looking what here. I BYU at 51. Now, I I mean, you know, them being non-conference for so long, it's always kind of hard to tell. But I had always heard, at least this season, you know, kind of reading through, people were thinking uh, either ESPN or, like, just fan votes, that they were going to be better this year. But 51 is it's interesting. It's kind of middle of the pack. And I know what their over under is five and a half or six and a half, something like that. Five and a half. Yeah. Five and a half. That's kind of surprising me. I, I would have thought they'd be a little, little lower, but um, I mean, Iowa state looks, you know, like it should be Oklahoma. I, I, I always feel like them and Notre Dame get a little overrated, but at the same time, like they definitely prove their worth when it matters. So mm-hmm. they'll, hey, they'll be interesting. Notre Dame, Oklahoma and Cincinnati, the same amount of college football playoff game wins. How about that? <laughs> oh man, don't bring it back. Hey, but if we're talking about appearances versus wins, we'll take it because I mean, I'd rather be zero and one in the college football playoff than what, like zero and four, zero and five. What are what even are they? Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> Regardless, I think the thing that I do find interesting across this whole board is that the fact that like. When you look at our conference schedule, you got 15, 51, 49, 34, 38, 39, 57, 60, 62. We have the weakest strength of schedule. Nobody's going to argue that. And on top of that, the bottom end of that is in the 60s, like the high six or the low 60s. So, you know, that honestly, I think, gives some credit to where these teams are going to shake out. And hopefully, you know, stacking up some of these wins, if you can do that, um, you know, helps propel you towards the end of the season. Um, and again, like, you know, I, I feel like it's it's a weird thing for me because I feel like we always talk ranking every single year just a little bit. We've been so used to it year over end. Uh, and I feel excited to talk about that, but I, I'm keeping my expectations realistic that we are not going to be looking at a top 25. I'd be happy to get a vote. I put out a tweet earlier this week, which apparently was false. So false flag, fake folks, fake news. The one vote for Cincinnati was left over 
from last season and they hadn't <laughs> updated the poll, even though they updated the top 25, they didn't update the others receiving votes. So Cincinnati did not, in fact, get one singular vote for the top 25. I just wanted to know who that man was. And I was like, can you come on our show <laughs> and tell me yeah. why I should believe? Yeah. I, I don't think I, I have the same belief as you right now. So. And I'm more biased than you, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, who was voting for them after the bowl game? Like, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? I don't think anybody was voting for them. Maybe they were voting on the upside of having Scott Satterfield. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> Regardless, sure. um, you know, we, we mentioned Oklahoma a few times there. Uh, there is a possibility for a big noon Saturday game. Uh, it's... If you take care of your non-conference, you go three and zero. I think everything's there. The makings are there to just have it happen, and that would be really, really cool. So it was announced officially as the Fox noon game for that week. So that we do know, and yeah. like there, there is precedent for a not so great team being featured on Big Noon Saturday because the week after Scott Frost was fired, guess who was the host? of Big Noon Saturday last year, Nebraska. And guess who they played? <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh, so, no. I mean, and it was the same week of the season, too, week four. So it, these context clues are just purely <laughs> coincidence, but I'm I'm taking it to believe, Nick, that it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. We'll see. But I think that, that storyline of new to the conference versus leaving the conference, you know, leaving on being very on top of the conference versus coming in probably closer to the bottom. I could see it. I could see it happen. And we get to boo the bear again. So, you know, yeah. it's a win yeah. for everybody. That guy. I got yeah. up at 5 a.m. that day for, to see him uh, give us a new one. It's just, oh, <laughs> not the a man. Fan. The man hates Cincinnati, and we'll, we'll just leave it at that for him. But <laughs> I, I do think that this is a very interesting proposition because, you know, the storyline is definitely there. You have the new team to the Big 12. You have their very first Big 12 game. And that's honestly, the, I think the coolest part about this is that your introduction to the Big 12 could be the game of the week on, you know, the primetime slot, which would be awesome. And hopefully you take, you know, you keep it close. You sneak a win out somewhere, not hoping for it, not expecting it whatsoever. But hopefully, above all else, you just don't get flat out embarrassed. Welcome to the Big 12. Fuck you. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, that'd be bad. If we can get one good half in there, I'll be kind of happy. I'll be happy. <laughs> Keep it competitive to the third quarter. Yeah. Right, yeah. They can pull like 50 to you know, 10 at the end. But Hey, Oklahoma get... went 6-6 six and six last year. Their defense stunk. If we get 14-7 to seven at halftime, I'd be like, all right, we can hang. We can hang with these guys. Yeah, and, and we, we talked about this on the uh, over-under show too, but speaking of like Oklahoma's defense there, like we're, we're in a position where I don't think Oklahoma is going to be making any major strides. Everybody's talking it up like they will, but I mean, you're just really betting on Venables being able to turn things around after year one uh, and, you know, not encountering, I guess they won't have a sophomore slump because they did pretty freaking horrible last year (laughs) compared to their standards at least. But uh, regardless, it is what it is. Realignment is over. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, they screwed over pretty much college football in general. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, is the big 12 just becoming the Southern annex Southern brother of the big 10. Now, Justin, I want to clarify. <laughs> it might not be over. I mean, well, as far yeah. as we know it is, but as far as we knew, Oklahoma and Texas were happy here. Uh, yeah. So 
Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're out. We're saying no on Gonzaga and UConn, but the Pack Four as it is, where do they go? We'll find out. Um, no, I mean, is it is it the Southern Annex? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got. Well, let teams. me give you some thoughts. Oh, that, sure, sure, sure. Why? No, you're good. <laughs> uh, so I was just thinking about this, and I was wondering, you know. We both got 16 teams. The Big Ten's got 18 now. Um, I did write this when there was talks that uh, San Diego and Oregon State would be added, and uh, that did not happen. So, But you're right, Nick. Uh, realignment is never forever. These things always change. So you never know. You know, when you told me about, like, oh, you want to be on the show one of these days, like two weeks, three weeks back, I was like, okay, I'll have this big segment about, like, oh, who are we probably <laughs> going to get, who are we not going to get, like, at all. I was like, somebody said Vanderbilt. I was like, there's no way. But, like, you know, they don't even have a finished stadium in the season. Season starts like, in like three weeks, exactly. two weeks. There's like a crane in the end zone, but it's you know ridiculous. it's just like all these different things. And then you know, come on the show, and it's all it's all pretty much over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, I'll I'll just read off a couple more notes real quick. Uh, we both have schools in Iowa, Iowa and Ohio. The rest are on opposite sides of the country, north and south. Both have rab- rabid fan bases that don't like the SEC. We both took out the Pac-12 arm in arm, took four teams each, like (laughs) tag teamed them. Um, The only difference, we actually win championships and they don't. So shout out to Baylor and Kansas basketball, TCU football, making it to the national title game. When's the last time a big Big Ten team got there? Um, Arizona baseball, 2012, won the national title. I don't think Big Ten's ever won a national baseball. Oh, and don't forget Oklahoma gymnastics. I'm pretty sure they took it home this year. Oh, Hey, good pull, oh. Nick. There you yeah, go. Yeah, see. Oh, I mean, wait. I know they're leaving, but let's let's also not forget about the mascot national champion back to back is also home in the Big Twelve. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Brutus right. Buckeye sucks. It's such a poor choice. It's it's hey, not even fun. I saw the Bearcat more recently than Brutus Buckeye. Where where's he hiding? Where's he? Yeah, at? well, and Michigan. They don't have a what? Like you don't <laughs> have dude. It's just and, a dude. I don't even know if it's a dude. Ass, they got that ass beat by no. Um, they came. Team. They had some mascot thing for the playoffs this year, and like everybody else had their their person in a costume. And I think Michigan just had a guy in a like just a band kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was funny. Like they, just I don't know. They're weird. Player. Man. They're. I don't get why you don't have a mascot. Just put a guy in a Wolverine suit. It can't be that hard, right? It cannot be that hard. I mean, I feel like at this point, they're just like, it's tradition to not have one. And so therefore they think it's like cool to not have a mascot. Like the, maybe it's, maybe they have like the 12th man mentality where it's like our fans are the mascot. Uh, I guess, but I don't know. It can't be that hard. They're they're too highfalutin to have a mascot. There we go. Yeah, there it is. They think too much of themselves to have uh, any. Silly mascot to represent our university. <laughs> you know, you know what is really interesting is you know every conference has bottom feeders, but at least like the bottom half of our conference isn't all also bottom feeders like the Big Ten. Um, yeah. Looking at you, Rutgers. Looking at you, Northwestern. Looking at you, Illinois. I could keep going. Looking at you, Indiana. Nebraska, Indiana. Like it, it, the list goes on. It's it's sad. It's sad. The Big Twelve is better. It's we're just gonna put it out there. Truck stop conference, Hong Kong, baby. We're making moves. Uh, regardless, I, I think it is uh, set to be a very interesting next few years, too, looking at uh, if there are any moves. If there are any moves made throughout this season, I doubt that that happens. I think there's going to be too much focus on just 
trying to focus on football and win and make sure all that happens. Um, the one thing I did want to ask you guys uh, about specifically on the pack four. Now um, somebody had mentioned this to me kind of offhand was what happens to the pack four? Does the pack four get enveloped? Do they, do they splinter out on their own into the mountain West? Do they, you know, splinter out into multiple different conferences? Do they try to absorb the Mountain West and rebrand the Mountain West as some new version of the pack. I would imagine that the Mountain West would probably be like, we're sending you out a life draft. So screw you. You're going to the Mountain West and you're going to like it. I don't know what happens, but I am really curious what your guys' thoughts are uh, because they can't sit like that forever. Something will inevitably happen. It's not going to be sustainable. The I think the only other situation is that they go independent, but I can't see all four doing that. See, I yeah, I like the the Mountain West merger thing. Although some, I I keep hearing from different sources that the Cal and Stanford are like too proud to do that, mm -hmm. too proud to not play Power Five, and that I don't think that's right. Because I mean, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers out of Cal, you got CMC out of Stanford, but like you haven't really had a big hitter out of either of those guys in a, in a hot minute. I just I I think their best bet overall is to go Mountain West and try and drag them up, drag them, and you know, bring them up with them, but. I don't know if they'll have the star power to stay power five. See, I think Stanford and Cal are like, they could probably go independent in every sport, but like all these schools want to play them just because like, oh, it's Stanford and Cal and the university presidents will love like even just the athletic competition. And I really think they could go like independent or like be student enough to join the Ivy League, you know, like yeah, <laughs> Ivy you know, League join, expansion. That, join that, Princeton. That would be something. Wouldn't yeah, it? Ivy Princeton's got some great helmets. Stand? Just join them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then you know, Oregon State and Wazoo. I did have a big rant um that I planned for today that I scrapped after I learned that a Pac-12 professor at a school uh advised the conference on its media deal. So I just <laughs> laughed and then uh took that out of the the show can, notes. But I can we say read that, that like, off though? No, I I actually want to read that off because that's just yeah. Go ahead. That's yeah. insane. I okay. Thank you, Steve, for sending this because this gave me the biggest laugh out of the day and also. Uh, I've never seen anybody fumble a bag harder. So from at Brett McMurphy, thank you, Brett McMurphy, for all of your uh, tweets and keeping us up to date. Uh, you're a saint for that. Specifically, these words. On Pac-12's demise from Brady McCullough, George Klivikloff tried blocking UCLA's move to the Big Ten with Cal Regents. Then in October of 2022, ESPN offered Pac-12, the Pac-12, $30 million per school, but a Pac-12 president worked with a professor on his campus who estimated that the school's market value was $50 million per school. So the Pac-12, based on this professor's advice, asked for $50 million per school. And as you can imagine, ESPN <laughs> said, shove it up your ass. No wow. way. $50 million? Yes. 50 million for a conference that has like 10 viewers, which include the three of us at one o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. It's insane. I don't where they get this like, well, I guess got because they don't exist anymore. Where they got this high and mightiness is beyond me. I congratulations. You're on the West coast. It's beautiful. Nobody cares about you East of the Rockies. Like they really don't. It's, it's all big 10 sec, big 12. 
ACC. Nobody cares about the Pac-12 east of the Rockies. Oh, oh. yeah. I mean, oh, sorry, go for it. No, 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 Nick, you, I, I want to follow you up. All right, sure. But it's just, it's, I know I've heard about East Coast bias and it really is the case here, but not intentionally. I mean, it's just so hard to either, I mean, either if you're the Pac-12, if you're not, maybe not Arizona, maybe UCLA, Cal, you either start your game at 9 a.m., trying to hit the noon market over, you know, the 1 a.m. market on the East Coast, or you, what, you play on Thursdays, Fridays, you know, cutting the high school market, because you just can't compete with a, a night game and, you know, US, USC, as cool as it might be, it's one o'clock back in the East Coast where a lot of people are. Like, you just can't compete, and you're not going to get as many viewers, not going to get as many good recruits, unless you get some real characters out there. Like, it's just like I got a soft spot for Washington State because of Mike Leach used to be there, you know, RIP captain. But you know, unless unless you got somebody out there, who cares? You know, I can tell you where Oregon State is. <laughs> the only reason I've been watching Pac-12 football over the past. Uh, five years ever since I got in college um, was because college football final comes on around like 2.30 after the last oh, Pac-12 yeah. game of the night. Um, so I am excited that maybe Pac-12, uh, like college football final will come on like not at 2 a.m. Eastern, <laughs> but uh, 11 a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time for me, which is nice. But I, I do think it's like, you know, it does suck for that reason. Like I, I did actually watch some great games like last year, Stanford, Oregon State, like Stanford went up late. There was no reason to think that Oregon State would come back, but then they just magically pulled one out right at the end and uh, beat Stanford. Obviously, Stanford beating Oregon was a huge part of the Bearcats getting into the, the uh, college football playoff, as well as Utah beating Oregon that same year. Um, there's been some good Pac-12 moments, and I do think it had a chance, obviously, because there's obviously a lot of people here on the West Coast interested in sports, but like they just have not been able to provide that quality team that everybody loves. And I think you could probably blame it a little bit on USC, probably blame it a little bit on Oregon, not really being fully operational. And that's not really on them. That's kind of their coaches leaving and stuff. But um, I, you don't make the premier stage of college football for six years or in like, you know, you're just kind of get forgotten. And then they just self immolated all the time too. Uh, I sent Nick a video of, like all these uh, Pac-12 teams just losing year after year to finish <laughs> at like two losses. And um, I'd say that the Big 12 arguably got the Pac-12's best football brand right now. Obviously, mm. you know, USC is there. Uh, sorry, no, not best football brand, best football team. Like yes. on the field, players on the field, guys in uniform team. Um, yeah, well, and I, I, I think the most interesting part is that when you look at the situation in the Pac-12, it doesn't feel like there's I, I guess there's some semblance of camaraderie between the teams, but it doesn't feel like you have that in the same way that the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, all these other conferences have. I mean, it, it just feels like these teams are so splintered out and care about their own team, which obviously we've seen with USC and UCLA just going off to the Big Ten. They said, screw it. Like, I mean, we don't need this anymore. It's the same way that Texas and Oklahoma were. They didn't really have any camaraderie with the Big 12. It was just, we always think we're better than the rest of the people here, so we're on our way. I mean, and to be fair, and I'll be completely honest, we felt the same way in the American. We felt that we were above that. So you can understand that from that fan base's perspective, but also it's really hard for anybody else to care about your team when you, like a USC or a UCLA, 
don't even care about your own team. Looking at the Pac-12 stadiums like Cal Stanford games, looking at, you know, in random like Arizona versus, I don't know, uh, Washington game, just something random like in the middle of the night, there is like a half full stadium. Like the own people there do not care. And so it's hard for anybody else to see that and be like, there's legitimacy to this. There's a reason why nobody watches the Mac. There's a reason why nobody watches the Mountain West. Well, hey, There's hey, a hey, reason hey, hey. why football. nobody watches these other Come on, election they night action unmatched. That that is true. That is very fair. Unmatched. There is a reason why there's a lot of people who don't watch the G5 games, and it's because there aren't enough people in those stands to show that they care about those games. I will not knock every single team in those conferences. There are a lot of quality teams, a lot of quality fan bases in there, but the Pac-12 was it, it was a victim of its own fate because if you can't show out for your own team, nobody else is going to do it for you across the country. And I think yeah. it's tougher there too, because if you're traveling to that game, you know, if you're coming from East coast for a non-conference game, let's say Rutgers, like we talked about earlier, that's a long flight. Plus you're four hours behind, whatever, like you're not, you're not on. Right. Or if you're traveling as those teams, you know, Arizona to West Virginia now, uh, um, not going to say Arizona state to West Virginia. Cause that guy doesn't want to go there. Uh, you know, so that you're four hours, you know, for, further ahead game at noon feels like it's 8am to you. You're not going to be playing your best game. I mean, even if you, you take the whole day in the day before, just do nothing, but trying to get acclimated. Like you're just not, it's so much tougher for you because of the time zones and there's nothing you can do about that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, I think that is a good point to uh, transition here while we're still talking about the Pac-12 teams to talk about the former Pac-12 teams, uh, Arizona, Arizona State. Now, we have a local in our midst. Who might that be? I don't know. We talked about Vanderbilt earlier, so I have a local scoop on that. It is that their stadium is not finished. Their end zones look like shit right now. And we are T minus like 20 days from kickoff. And uh, that's just embarrassing for the SEC. But regardless, Vanderbilt doesn't care because they will play on a high school field to get shit done. Steve, our inside man for Arizona and Arizona State, will now go through giving us a few learnings to, to some of our new brethren that are coming in 2024. Yeah, so as someone who is engaged to a uh, a girl who graduated from the University of Arizona um, and who lives here now, I do have a little bit of intel on the locals here. So I'll start with ASU because we call them ASPU in this house. Um, they are a little bit of a fair weather fan base, if I'm being truly honest. Uh, 
I was able to go to two basketball games and I do plan on going to one football game later this year. Um, and uh, so they played UCLA for the first basketball game I went to. It was nice, but their basketball arena, which was ranked ahead of UC's on a random poll today by a Texas Tech guy. I have some beef with that guy. Um, Me too. He, <laughs> because he keeps calling our name wrong. And then he also rated us behind the stadium that was has not been updated since it was built in 1974. So Already uh, literally like, like I'm Justin, I'm tall. Uh, I barely fit in the rows. Like my knees were budging up against the next <laughs> row in front of me. Of course. So um, that's just a little bit of all you need to know about them. Uh, the second game I went, the first game against UCLA, pretty full UCLA top five team at the time this year. Um, the second game was against Utah. Um, there may have been 4,000 people there. And that's, that's <laughs> maybe. Uh, so not the greatest basketball fan base there. Uh, football also as well. You know, it could be fair weather. There's a lot of things to do in Phoenix, of course. Suns are pretty good. Uh, we and the Cardinals and D-backs decide to be good. Uh, they do have a pretty big fan base. But I think with Dillingham, the new coach at ASU, he's a local kid. He's hired a lot of local people to be on his staff. I do think he can do something there. I It's just like they have not been to the Rose Bowl since uh, 1996, uh, which is – uh, as I learned from listening to a bunch of like Pac-12 people joining the Big 12 on podcast this week, that's like the bellwether mark for people uh, before the playoff for the Pac-12 and Big 10. That's how it's like. That's just how they decided they they had a good season if they got the Rose Bowl, which obviously makes sense. You know, you win your conference championship. Well, they're not going to have the Rose Bowl anymore. <laughs> well, and then Utah gets credit for those two Rose Bowls, even though they lost both of them. But you know, they they still put those roses in their in their uh, Twitter names. Good good on them. Good Probably on them. Um, so. Yeah, so ASU, there is like definitely some potential there. One of the largest schools in the country, obviously. Everybody knows about what Michael Crow did. And um, I think if you want to garner favor with um, an ASU fan, if you run into one in the wild, just say, you know what? Michael Crow and Ray Anderson stink. And they'll be like, I agree with you. So uh, <laughs> you'll find some accord with them. Now, you know, obviously there is also the University of Arizona, two hours south of the main capital of the state. Uh, uh, by the way, just a fun fact real quick, ASU's football stadium has hosted multiple Fiesta Bowls, national championship games, and one Super Bowl as well. So mm. pretty cool history there. Um, now, to my future wife's alma mater, U of A, better known as the Harvard of the West, Tucson, the <laughs> city, 90 minutes south of the state capital, but might be the best city in the state. Their fans are diehards for basketball, but love their football too. Their food scene is unmatched across the entire 48th state of this union. Safe to say that UC and Arizona fans may have a couple things in common, but that's just me. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Tucson. Um, you and us three are actually taking the trip to BYU later this year, and we've talked about maybe going down to Tucson for a game. They have a they have a famous bridge down there too, so they're going to compete with Iowa State in this conference for oh, it's happening. Bridge. We're, we're doing it, boys. We're going to do it. We're doing. I'm no, down. we're going to the bridge and we're going to the game. We're going to okay. see the Pac-12. I have to see a Pac-12 game in person before <laughs> it literally dies off into existence, so I can tell my grandkids. I remember <laughs> when the Pac-12 was a thing. You know, I remember when, I when we fucking old. killed it. <laughs> I, I remember when I was young and I watched Pac-12 games on ESPN. <laughs> okay, Grandma, time to go. Time to go to bed. What's <laughs> ESPN? I love that Zoom. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that meme is great. Um, so basketball games. I would recommend anyone who's interested in coming out to Arizona to go to a basketball game in Tucson. I did get to go this year when they played Oregon. 
uh, Azulis Tubelis went off for 40 points. It was a Thursday night game and the building was rocking. Like no late arrivals. Everyone was there early. They, people in Tucson love basketball, man. Uh, football is obviously building something right now. Jed Fish getting some big recruits. They're pretty high up already in the Big 12 recruiting rankings for next year. Um, baseball is also good. Women's basketball on the rise as of late. Uh, the, Arizona is a sneaky, like huge college town. Um, you know, Cincinnati has pro teams, but we're only a city of 250 million people in the metro. Uh, sorry, in the city and like 2 million in the metro. 250 million like, people in Cincinnati. Let's go. <laughs> Biggest uh, it's, city it's in all the Ohio nation. always has. Been. <laughs> it's all Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, Tucson is like, uh, they have a million people within the city. And then obviously there's no pro teams down there. So it's all basically people who love U of A or love the city and then become U of A fans just like that. So uh, it's it's a big party. I would recommend coming to a, an a, U of A game instead of a ASU game for anyone who wants to visit. Go to McHale, definitely. The basketball scene there is unmatched. Uh, come on out, get some green chilies, see what sports are like in the desert. And uh, enjoy a 75-degree day in the middle of January. Now, Steve, I just have one question for you. Uh, I've never been to Tucson, but isn't that that one where that place with that uh, one show, Sons of Tucson, that terrible Fox show was that? Uh, that was that was set there, right? Yes, but also, Nick, they have <laughs> a car uh, made by Hyundai named after the city. So, I mean, oh. counter counterbalance, you know? Well, there, Which there you is, go. there you go. honestly, a, kind of a shitty car. see i'm not going to defend tucson the city i'm just saying that the food (laughs) scene is great that university is cool um and like the tailgating and party and stuff is fun like tucson the city but we'll just have another discussion in another time you know i just bring on like (laughs) wildcat agenda for that big tucson dad but i have one question for you steve and i want to put you on the fence and i'm going to put some pressure on you so for your experience in a u of a game was it better or worse than a shootout game. Uh, I mean, he hesitated. You know, he play. hesitated. Kill him. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Tar and feather Actually, him. Justin, <laughs> I'm moving to the Arizona Wildcats podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's why I brought Nick on. No, I, it was more fun just because I just got to, you know, just watch a game, be a fan, not really care. Right. And obviously Arizona won uh, without playing any defense. So, uh, that Arizona team should have been a lot better than it was last year. They got bounced, obviously, as a two-seed in the first round. Justin, it's a real shame to see a two-seed get bounced in the first round like that. No two-seed from the city of Cincinnati would ever get bounced in the no, first round. Absolutely not. the fir- not. first round. No. Second round? We don't have to talk about that. First no, that's round, like a Michigan go. State problem or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a Mizzou problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's anybody's problem except for us. Well... Nick, you uh, brought up earlier uh, the idea of some of the new rivalries that might be shaking out in the Big 12. Um, Of course, there's going to be a couple transplanted rivalries coming in. Of course, with our four group uh, coming from the American and then, uh, and of course, BYU on the outside there. And then, of course, some more coming in with the next group of four uh, from the four corner states. So what do you got for us? Yeah, so some of these are a little bit more simple. Some of these are a little more uh, complex. Now, Colorado, off the bat, didn't really have anything for you since <laughs> you were here. Uh, you left, you came back. So you probably already have your things. Uh, also, Houston, you're not going to get a whole lot of love here because you already got the Texas teams. Like, 
yeah, you had however many and years. There's no fans of Houston either, so you know, they, yeah, they, they don't have enough to care about to be not honest. exactly exactly. And well, but, maybe uh, you know, maybe again, Colorado's uh, rivalry can be with all of the former uh, <laughs> Big A teams who are yeah. angry yeah. Oh, about yeah, yeah. with Colorado still. Yeah. All right. So I'm thinking first off, just Arizona versus Kansas State. You know, the Wildcat Cup. Just very easy, very simple. You know, something just uh. You know, you both got the same name and same with BYU and Houston. They're both Cougars. Figure <laughs> something out. Somebody's got to come out on top of them. And now for basketball, I'm kind of thinking we got five cats in this conference. We've got Bearcats, two Wildcats, two Cougars. I'm thinking y'all play each other regular season, right? Whoever is the best record regular season gets to take home the King of the Jungle trophy. And then, you know, just just wave that over somebody, get some crowns up in there. Um, like, now, here's like one it. that... We've always kind of, we not always, kind of had for the past few years the American, but never really had a real name for, because a little too far away. But UC versus UCF, you know, we play them a lot. Kind of, I mean, I personally don't really like them. Uh, but <laughs> we both share space, especially Neil Armstrong. So I'm thinking the Cape Canaveral Classic. We'll get a big old uh, astronaut helmet like Neil Armstrong wore, <laughs> because he launched off right by there, but also he taught here, you know, from Ohio. So we'll take, uh, we'll finally put a name to that thing, get stuff as a trophy, make it, uh, make it official. UCF fans yeah, are going to be very so, angry about that. They're, our guy, they're like, you know what, what do you have to do with space? Space, uh, our, you can eat it. <laughs> our guy, Bearcat Matt, responded, is like, maybe we should have some space-themed uniforms uh, because Neil Armstrong <laughs> taught here. And uh, yeah, they yeah. did not like that. I even had <laughs> the boiler, uh, like the Purdue uniforms guy, DM me and be like, what the hell is this? Because <laughs> 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 obviously Neil went there and that's like their favorite song. So. Oh, yeah. If you ever yeah. like, if you ever want to get in anyone's side, there's probably like 15 people that claim space. Just say Neil Armstrong taught at UC. People mm. will lose their shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, does UC actually own space, Justin? Ooh. UCF owns the Hilton. Hilton franchise, you know. I mean, well, let's isn't be John honest. Glenn from Ohio? <laughs> well, okay, but Neil Armstrong yeah, was he Cambridge. not also born in Ohio? They both were born in Ohio, both so, John Glenn and Neil Armstrong. And and was not was Dayton, Ohio, not the birthplace of aviation, which means uh, that yeah, honestly, if you can't too. get to space without flying, which means that technically, if you can't fly, which they weren't doing in any of these other places, and it was born in Ohio. I think Cincinnati owns space. It's all Ohio. Uh, law yeah, transfer really property. All Ohio. <laughs> it's all yeah. Ohio. That's going to be the name of this all episode right, so. for sure. It's all Ohio. <laughs> it's all so Ohio? Always has. So I got a few more here. And this one kind of goes by Ohio, but just doesn't hit it. So we got, because Arizona State, uh, what's his name? Crow said, I'm not going to Morgantown found something a little further than him i found his hated rifle arizona is further away from west virginia but they share a highway that's gonna be the route 60 rumble all right that's wow. the furthest two teams but like bring them together you know make it special like if that. They, that could be cool you know, if they're gonna be flying this far you gotta make it worthwhile now yeah. uh this one i don't really have a great name for but two oh, yeah. defenders of justice you see uh, the knights and the cowboys you know in ancient times are not so ancient gotta have something for ucf versus okay state you know they don't Oklahoma now, State doesn't get a if, whole lot of love. What <laughs> if, um, Nick, what if uh, UCF is contracted to wear their space uniforms in it and you get like the Daniel Craig 2009 classic Cowboys and Aliens? Ooh, that, Cowboys and Aliens. That'd be that good. That specific movie sponsors the rivalry for no reason at all. <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah. That'd uh, be good. But yeah, and speaking I, of them, I got yeah, one cool. more, um, <laughs> and it's about two people that we don't really like. It is Arizona State 
and UCF. Now, I got nothing against the people <laughs> at Arizona State, uh, except for the leadership. People at UCF <laughs> is a different story. We're going to go with the conference villain classic. You know, until you can shake that uh, reputation, you're going to be the conference villain, and we're all going to hate you for it. So, conference villain classic. See who's the worst. I like the idea there. There. <laughs> See, the only issue is that I think you could also add Utah in there for like a good old Ooh. three-way matchup. Like yeah. Utah, yeah. UCF, and Arizona State, they all suck, and they're all like the bottom feeders of the earth. Let them all like play each <laughs> other on like a three-sided, like weird piece-shaped field and see who can like come out on top. I don't know how that would work. We're going to come up with a new sport for football just so these three bottom feeders can play with each other. That kind of sounded weird. I like yes, that. sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Nick, I also saw a rivalry come up. Um, somebody from Texas Tech tried to say that Arizona and them should be the Haboob rivalry. But um, another fun fact about Tucson, there are, are a lot of hills, and it's there's not as many Haboobs there just because of the natural low spot. Uh, and it's surrounded by mountains, of course. But you know who does have Haboobs and monsoons? Arizona State. So I'm going to say that ASU and Texas Tech is the Haboob class. Whoa, 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 uh, and wait, also, wait. for for the non-weather nerds, what oh, is a Haboob? Sorry. Some people so, may not be familiar with a Haboob, Steve. So obviously, Texas Tech, Arizona, both in the desert. Ask all the Texas Tech fans; they have cactus in their emoji, uh, cacti in their <laughs> emojis in their Twitter handles. So you know, when it's hot outside, there's not much rain coming down in the desert cold winds come through you know it would usually create a tornado in some places but it actually merges together and you get like a 30 minute pop-up thunderstorm that is like looks like all death is coming down upon you and then it moves out of the way and you're good so um but yeah it, it apparently it happens in texas tech too and in lubbock too so um i i would say that's the haboob rivalry um and then another one with like the new ones obviously we got the holy war which i think is great um I was going to that? say that's uh, BYU in Utah. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, duh. I was going to say that um, there should, you know, the rumble in the Rockies between BYU and Colorado should be a lot of fun. Apparently, Colorado and Utah tried to force a rivalry. It didn't really work out. Um, but that one would be a fun one. My last one, obviously, I think we need to come up with a name for the rivalry between Cincinnati and West Virginia. I will just propose to you uh, the Bob Huggins uh, <laughs> drunken uh, the D Bob Huggins DUI class. No, I can't even say it. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, the Huggins uh, heroes. <laughs> the Bob Huggins recycling bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. The Huggy, sorry, the Bob. Huggyville Classic. We could call it no, that. we've, we've well, we could lump K State in there too. Well, the, the trophy oh, is yeah. just a bottle of Woodford that he signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Empty, an empty bottle of Woodford. <laughs> 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 yeah, because he drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, he's the trophy actually, and someone's just got to take care of him. But uh, <laughs> that's a punishment, not a not a trophy. Oh yeah, the loser of the the triumph oh, has yeah. to take care of Bob for the year. Oh. The end of an era, gentlemen. The end of an era. Oh, Bob Huggins. Oh, my. Oh, there's got to be another one in there somewhere. All right. Hold on. Let's just let me. You know what we need to do? We need to make a spinner wheel. Just and just like put two game, two teams together and pick them at random. Uh, Let's see. Hold on. 
Let me do this. I mean, Iowa State is the Cyclones. We've got the Cyclones hockey team. Maybe yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little bit. Of a, yeah, I can, I can see it. Nah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a bridge. We have the Roebling Bridge, you know. All right. Yeah, so but- here's some here's some other ones I've also heard proposed that okay. are at the top of my head. Uh, so Colorado and UCF fans have been going back and forth, the battle for the black and gold. Uh, that could be an interesting mm-hmm. one. But also, that's kind of just like funny, though. Like, those yeah, are just like it's just yeah, like that's true. Yeah. Black I mean, gold. we could just have black and gold. We could like say the same thing for Texas Tech and Cincinnati. The battle for red and black. Like, right. you know, who owns yeah. it? The, the Tommy Tuberville Bowl. Come on. Now. Yeah. <laughs> the Tom- Senator, Senator Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Senator Tommy. Insider trading Tommy Tuberville. I have to find this <laughs> yeah. tweet. If you guys haven't heard about this, it's actually crazy. Like there's legit like case for insider trading on Tommy Tuberville right now. I have to look at more detail. Maybe I'll put a tweet up of it. But uh, yeah, he's been telling people to go ahead and get a job. So. Tommy yeah. As seen in the blind side, Tommy Tuberville. Oh yeah, <laughs> as seen in uh, the Blind Side, where Oher is not a child of that family by law. Blind Side. Yeah. Uh, if you guys did also out. not see that, more recent news. There's a lot of stuff the, coming out about that case. Um, well, we'll see. Sad. Sorry, the 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 two we saw that Britney Spears case. They're like, oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Sorry, I've gone off the rails. Uh, so, yeah. so Justin, you got that spinner there. My Are we going on next topic? I'm just gonna throw. I, I got a. I got the list up here, so I can just pick sure, one sure. at random. All right. Um, give me a number one through ten. Five. Seven. Okay. Five and seven. All right. We have K State and TCU. Ooh, purple and uh. Ooh, uh, you don't really want to do a color one. Um. Um. What the. Broadcast bowl? I don't know. I don't uh, know. <laughs> it, it hurts when you don't really know a whole lot about this school. It's like I like yeah. that. I, I like Super Frog well, and I him deadlifting four hundred or but like bringing the new schools in and having them right, right. Have like, they, they probably already have something. How about BYU and TCU? Well, they're both. Isn't TCU or the Baylor? <laughs> the that's like Holy War. <laughs> Mormon, right? They're both Mormon, right? No, the Horn Horn Bowl? Is just, TCU is just Christian. Baylor is Baptist. <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. You could do the the horny ball soaking over there in Utah. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> ooh, the horny ball, man. My goodness. All right, oh, last one, last one. Uh, let's do, let's do our friends at Iowa State and. Got to be a new one. Iowa State and Cincinnati. We're gonna play every year. Sure. Well, sure. What could you? I know you said the cycling ball, but we need what's? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, um, Iowa State. We could do Iowa State and Kansas Battle of the Mid. <laughs> oh man, we're not trying to make enemies here. I, I like no. those guys. I like those guys in Kansas. Shout out to what the Kansas about um, Cincinnati, Iowa? Well, Nick, what's the is there? What's the highway that gets to Iowa? Oh, to Iowa. Oh, that's a good point. I think I think I mean, we take 50 over there. I guess we can't do... You don't want to do them all. Oh, no. 50 Iowa. goes way too south. 50 goes through Kansas. Yeah. Technically, we could do Kansas and Cincinnati would be like the 50, Route 50 bowl. Yeah. Let's see. Route 50. I'm gonna... Does 50 not also go through... I guess it doesn't go through Morgantown. Well, I know it goes through West Virginia. Um, no, it goes through West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it goes through West Virginia. Um. <laughs> 
Okay, I just want to come up with one that's like this. This Iowa State Cincinnati one should be our fun five dollar bits of broken chair one. So right. what's something <laughs> funny that we can. Um, <laughs> I'm um, also looking at West Virginia and BYU, and I think you could do Blue Mountain State. <laughs> the Blue Mountain State Bowl. You've got two blue teams that love the mountains. Love mountains, yeah. And like BYU it. has blue on their mountain. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I like that. Bad Castle, Blue All Mountain right. State Bowl, BYU and West Virginia coming to you, uh, probably next year. The Did they play Castle this Tumble? Uh, it's <laughs> a good question. Let's look it up. All right, Steve. I know you got something in the tank. Iowa State, Cincy. I am just going to say that this is like the light beer bowl or something like that. <laughs> and then we just like, obviously, you know, the the trophy is just the winning school's choice of beer. Ours would be Cincy Light, of course. Ames would be Bush Light, you know. But, um, <laughs> I feel like we I, can do do more than that, but it's, it's a starting point. Let, let, and let's, let's also make it known for sure. I put this tweet out a while ago, but Iowa State, Iowa State fans and whatever brewery is brewing the Ames Lager, you're not fooling anybody. We know for a damn fact that that is Bush Light underneath that wrap. We know what it is. We know what it is. There's, I think that's an interesting juxtaposition because, like Cincinnati fans, there's so many beers in Cincinnati, and there's not really like one dominant one. Like Rheingeist is popular, of course, but there's not like a dominant lager where everybody's like, yeah, this is like you know a Bush Light kind of city. This is a whatever you know town. I, I think like Cincy Rains can just like pull in the whole thing and like Cincy light is just going to be the dominant tailgate beer for everybody. There's no question about that. Like it's already been moving off shelves pretty quick. Uh, there's been people like myself who live out of state that are like telling somebody else, go buy it for me so I can have it. Um, it's, it's the way of the world, man. Cincy light is going to take over uh, the entire state of Ohio. Yeah. I was at a few uh, Clifton bars a few weeks back um, having a responsible time. Uh, and there were, <laughs> Lots of deals on pitchers of Cincy Light. Uh, so I think if they just keep, you know, they really like just get it out there, at least that first few months, just make sure people know this is it. This is our beer. I mean, you, you really... oh, I just had a great idea. You know what we should do? We should like find some Brand like frat party. We should find some frat party at OSU and give them a bunch of cases of Cincy Light and wrap them in something else and everybody's gonna be like oh my god this is the most awesome drink ever they're gonna pull off the thing and be like little brother got us i like that but then you gotta give stuff to osu do you really want to do that no no you you charge them for it and then yes charge them charge them twice the price for every single can which is still a very (laughs) reasonable price for a quality lager i agree yeah, yeah. Like um, here's my only my my last one that I think we can do because I was gonna pass this um uh, to our friends at Texas Tech, but it'll have to wait. But maybe we can do some sort of tortilla bowl between Texas Tech and Cincinnati. But um, you know, it's like they just have tortillas and we just use them for Cholitos. So I, I was, <laughs> the, it could be like the chimichangi chimichanga Cholito bowl or something like that. And, and it's, I don't know. The food, oh, food ones don't really there. work out, but um, uh, or we we just come up with something stupid. Like, well, okay, here, here we go. Here we go. Cincinnati, Porkopolis, of course, Iowa, known as a farm state. 
what about like something like the foil of Rosedale, you know, where it's a big pig? Um, but oh, and, well, uh, we just the corn fed bull <laughs> got corn in Iowa, we got corn eaters. Uh, here, I mean, uh, for the pigs I mean, and all in Ohio, too. So, uh, there is, but we, yeah, 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 you know, hmm. okay, all right, that's a work in progress. We get our, I, I. They, uh, we'll we'll have to come back to the listeners with some more polished ideas. This was or whenever Iowa thing. State, you know, whenever <laughs> those guys come around, we can talk to those guys, find out what they want here. We can work it out. That's right. That's or on amiable terms. That's right. That's fair. Well, well okay. How about yeah. this? Because uh, Iowa State, their basketball arena is Hilton Arena, and UCF, you know, yes, is yes, yes. The, the battle the... for Hilton. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh, the Hilton Bowl. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Steve has dubbed the battle between Iowa State and UCF the Hilton Bowl, and it is that is beautiful. That is the nightcap right there, folks. Shout out to Godfrey for becoming <laughs> the 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 Hilton Night Managers. One of my favorite trips that will live on forever. Absolutely. Well. Nick, thank you for joining us. This has been a very fun episode, having an extra Mauer in the party here. It's been a good time talking with you guys. I think we've got a lot of uh, good ideas in there. Maybe we'll have to churn it out into some more actionable content. Um, but for the listeners, thank you as well for sticking around through the uh, uh, the calculated parts and the dumbassery as well. Uh, we appreciate you coming to us as always. Uh, hopefully we're your favorite Bearcats podcast. And if we are, share us with your friends. Uh, make sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of our platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the whole nine yards. Uh, we, we love the Bearcats and we love repping them and we're very excited for this Big 12 season. So we want to give you all the content that we can. So be on the lookout for that. As for myself, for Steve, for Nick, thank you guys for joining us and we will talk to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.